Welcome to the Lemons and Pineapples podcast. I'm your host, Emma O'Brien, personal development coach, heart math practitioner, dog photographer, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I share tools, strategies, and amazing guest interviews to help you improve your mindset and your well-being with a sprinkle of fun and probably some mention of dogs along the way. So without further ado, let's squeeze the day. Hi, folks. A very warm welcome to episode 41 of the podcast. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you 12 ways to reduce overwhelm. Now, this is something I deal with a lot with my coaching clients. I mostly help people who are stuck and who are in a place of overwhelm and are looking for help and the tools to help them get out of that space. And one of the reasons that I am so good at doing this is because I know exactly what it's like. If you've listened to previous previous episodes, you'll know that I had a huge episode of burnout in 2016, which I've shared about in a few of the conversations I've had with guests. And it's, uh, and it's, and it's an experience that's really shaped me and it's shaped the direction of where I'm taking my coaching practice because I see so often there's so many people who are struggling with overwhelm, they're struggling with feeling stuck, they're struggling with kind of plodding through life, going through the motions, but it's just hard all the time. And this is why I'm so passionate about talking about this stuff and 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 being here to to help people. So being overwhelmed can feel it's an awful way of of feeling. And I think the feelings that came up for me and the feelings that I see for my coaching clients are helpless, hopeless, pointless, exhausted. And it's often accompanied by a deep desire to either go and live in a cave in a distant forest somewhere and never interact with anybody again, or go on a semi-permanent Netflix binge just to escape from the difficulty of those very oppressive, heavy feelings. And overwhelm occurs when we are mentally and emotionally burdened by a situation or a circumstance that we don't feel in control of and we can't see a way out of. And overwhelm doesn't appear alone. It's like one of those annoying people who comes to a party with 10 of their friends and it will tend to bring procrastination, anxiety and worry along with it, along with a host of of whole other negative feelings, which it it makes it a very powerful and very unpleasant experience to to be in. But as unpleasant as it is, overwhelm is a sign that something or a collection of things, if you're really lucky, in your life need to shift and change. And if you can start to view overwhelm as a signpost that it's an indicator of things that need to shift rather than trying to fight it off, you'll find it a lot easier to deal with and you'll be able to get through it a lot faster and more with more ease. So I just want to share with you 12 ways that you can reduce overwhelm. And by implementing some of these tips, all of these tips, don't want to overwhelm you with all of the overwhelm tips, you may well be able to stop yourself getting into a complete place of overwhelm. And if you are feeling overwhelmed, you can start implementing these to help yourself climb out of that overwhelm hole. So the first one is to acknowledge where and why you feel overwhelmed. 
often we don't take the time to stop and really think about and focus inwardly on what is happening within our our bodies, what we're feeling. We tend to fight it off and overwhelm can be one of those things that we tend to medicate either with prescription drugs or with alcohol or with other addictions that there are escapes essentially. So if you can be courageous enough to take the time and sit with yourself and really feel into where you're feeling that overwhelm and why you are feeling overwhelmed, it's a great starting point to help you come out of that. So this might be that you're taking on too much at work if you're a bit of a people pleaser and you're feeling overwhelmed by that. Maybe if like me, which was my experience of overwhelm, you've been running your business one way and that way simply isn't working anymore and you're spinning your wheels and not getting traction. It's you know, it takes courage to really come to terms with why we're overwhelmed and what behaviors we're doing to cause the overwhelm to happen. And the great news is that when we understand what we're doing to cause it, we know what we need to do to change it. The second thing, which is a more practical tip really, is to start to prioritize your urgent and important tasks. We can end up feeling overwhelmed, especially in a work situation, when we're focusing on dealing with urgent but not important tasks. Things like replying to multiple emails. I've had a couple of clients recently who I've spoken to or who are replying to hundreds of WhatsApp messages individually every day. That is overwhelming. And we started to have a look at what can we put in in place to automate so that you're not having to do that. So sometimes it's just about having a look at where you're spending your time and what tasks are happening to cause the overwhelm and how you could reprioritize those. So prioritizing your to-do list and focusing on your urgent and important tasks or the important tasks first, rather than allowing the Everybody uh, is usually everybody else's urgency that is is what causes the the overwhelm or our perception of other people's urgency. The third thing is to work on one task at a time. So multitasking is not really a skill. Multitasking is an inability to be able to focus, in my opinion. So it you will get more done and you will get things done quicker if you are able to pick one task and see it through to completion or pick a task and work on it for a fixed time period if it's something that's part of a, a bigger project. And if you can focus yourself to do one thing at a time, you will find that you get through your workload far more efficiently than if you're trying to do five things all at one go. It will take you much longer if that is the way you're working. The fourth one is to banish distractions. So if you want to get more done and be more productive so that you don't have a to-do list that's forever flowing over into the following day, in order to be able to get your one task at a time done more efficiently is turn off distractions. So close your browser tabs, put your phone onto flight mode or at least onto silent so you're not being distracted every five minutes by messages tinging and other people's urgency calling for your attention. One of the things that's come up in some of the previous conversations here as well is how to cope with interruptions at work. And 
one of the, the great things you can do if it's possible for you in a work environment, if you are interrupted by people a lot, is to either put a sign on the door and say, folks, please don't bother me unless the building is on fire because I'm busy with something. Or to put a request in if you work as part of a team and say, listen, folks, I need this morning to complete this. Please don't bother me, like I said, unless somebody's on fire. And to actually ask for what you need. Often we don't ask for what we need. We don't communicate things. And then we get resentful when we're, we're, our needs aren't met. And also, again, it takes 10 times longer to do something if you're being interrupted every five minutes to try and get a task done. The fifth thing is to delegate. I am a big fan of automation and delegation. So if you don't absolutely have to do everything that is on your plate, who can you give it to? Who can you delegate it to? This might look like asking someone for a favor, or it might look like throwing money at the problem and paying somebody to do some of the stuff that's on your to-do list. I can give you the example with my business. I have a wonderful virtual assistant who does all of my email marketing automation setups and systems for me. If it was up to me, there would never be a newsletter that went out ever. And I would never be, be able to put a landing page together or lead pages together because I don't know how to use most of that software. So, and I don't really have the time to figure it out. So I have paid somebody else to do it for me. It's a much more efficient way to do it. So it is not an efficient use of my time to be doing admin tasks when I can pay somebody who's actually far more capable at the admin than I am. The sixth thing is to set boundaries. Um, this again has come up in some of the podcast interviews and some of my solo episodes as well. And I'm actually going to do a solo episode about boundary setting all on its own because it's such an important skill to talk about. No is a complete sentence. We often forget this. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't have the time to do something that somebody has asked you to do, a simple, no, I can't help you, will suffice. We often, and especially women often do this, I think far more, we often feel the need to justify why we're saying no to something. And you don't need to justify why you're saying no. You are allowed to say no if it is something that you can't, won't, or don't want to do. If anyone is familiar with Gabor Mate, his book, When the Body Says No, is a fabulous read. And something that resonated with me in the towards the end of that book was talking about guilt versus resentment. And when this comes to boundary setting and tasks and doing things and taking stuff on that we don't really want to take on, but we feel we have to and we don't feel we can say no, what he said in the book was it is far better to feel guilty for a little while for saying no to somebody and then being able to move on with your life and not having taken that task on than it is to sit doing tasks that you can't really fit in, but you're going to squeeze in somewhere at your own expense and that is going to make you feel resentful. Resentment is one of those things that we sit, we hold on to, and we quietly seethe with it. And Holding on to things like that will make you ill in the long run. So if it comes to guilt versus resentment, take the guilt and say no. The seventh thing is to take regular breaks 
when you're working on something or when you're, I think this is quite a, um, a, a holistic point that I'm making here is take regular breaks when you're working on something in life. Sometimes we just need a bit of time to ourselves and you can't pour from an empty cup. So it's really important for your own well-being and sanity to make sure you're taking breaks regularly, whether this means mindfully and quietly having your lunch somewhere away from your desk when you're at work rather than eating and working at the same time. Whether this is adding a meditation practice in, whether this is taking a month off and going traveling, whatever it looks like for you, it's so important that you look after your own well-being and don't treat yourself like a machine and constantly keep going and going and going and going because unfortunately none of us are superhuman and we do need to be able to refill our cups in order to be able to show up for the other people in our lives and show up for our work and to be able to give of our best. The eighth thing is to learn to regulate your emotions. So training yourself to not only become aware of your shifting emotional states, but to regulate them is very, very powerful. So you you guys will know that I'm a HeartMath practitioner and HeartMath is a set essentially of emotional regulation techniques. It's something, so if anyone's listening to this and, and is interested, pop me a message if you want to find out more about it. Be happy to chat to you. I'm, I'm working on a, a, a HeartMath coaching course at the moment as well, which is, is going to be really great. It's so important to be able to regulate what's happening internally in our bodies. And when we learn emotional regulation techniques, we're able to manage our stress responses far more effectively. When you're overwhelmed, when you're burnt out, when you're stressed, chances are you're going to be in that fight or flight response. Very uncomfortable either way. It produces a big spike in cortisol, which in, in, in the long run is bad for us. Being constantly stressed causes inflammation in your body, thanks to all the cortisol you produce. And when you get to the point that your body can't produce cortisol anymore, you'll get adrenal fatigue. So if you can learn to minimize your stress response by learning to calm your emotional response to things and learning to emotionally regulate, you will find it far easier to cope and you'll be far less likely to get into overwhelm. Other things that can help to regulate your emotional state are regular exercise. I don't think you can overstate the value of doing some exercise on a regular basis. Meditation is great. EFT tapping is great. Doing yoga is great. Some form of movement is great. But something that allows you to release some feel-good endorphins, work out some of that stress and to really kind of get you present and in your body so you're aware of what's happening. When we're aware of what our stress response feels like, we can start to take action to learn to calm it before it gets out of control and we're stuck in that long-term stress cycle. The ninth one here is to get some support from a friend or a colleague or talk to people, somebody who you can talk to in your circle about the fact you are feeling overwhelmed. Um, I love the, the phrase, a problem shared is a problem halved. And often just picking up the phone and having a conversation with someone, if you're having a difficult day or you're feeling overwhelmed, can instantly make you feel better. 
I have uh, a very good friend who also runs her own business, who I fondly refer to as my work wife. And if I've had something happen in the day that's been very triggering for me, I'll often give her a call and vice versa. And we have a little rant. We all feel better. We have a bit of a laugh about it. And then we move on with the day. So that for me is invaluable support to be able to to kind of bounce that and it's great she's also an entrepreneur she knows exactly what it's like to be running a business and how difficult it can be sometimes and just to feel just to know that I've got someone who understands feels amazing and vice versa the tenth one is to manage your time effectively so if you're routinely finishing your day feeling like you've achieved nothing my suggestion would be that you, over the course of a week, take a time inventory and keep a log of what you're doing and how you're spending your time. My guess is there's going to be quite a lot of social media scrolling in there that could be done away with. Again, this is one of those coping mechanisms that we tend to use when we're feeling overwhelmed. We'll reach for the phone and we'll start to scroll because it's a complete escape and it feels good. So, if you can get a, an idea of where your time is going and you can see where you've got time leaks that you could plug up, you can then start to use that time differently and the chances are you're going to be more on top of what's happening and you're going to feel less overwhelmed. I have a free time management masterclass. I'm going to pop the link in the show notes so you can find that where I go into this in a little bit more detail of how to effectively use a to-do list and how to really... Um, streamline the way you're spending your time so you can work more efficiently. The 11th thing is to up your self-care. I touched on this a little bit a couple of times already, but if you don't sleep well because you're stressed and you've got too much to do or you're up till three o'clock in the morning working, it will have a long-term detrimental effect on the way you feel. I can tell you that I need a good eight hours of sleep a night. If I don't sleep well, not only am I grumpy and cranky, I can't really focus. And I generally, if I haven't slept very well, start to slide into feeling quite negative. It's a very consciously aware of it. And the problem is when we when we have sleep deficits, you can't really make them up. And it has a, a big effect on your mental health. So getting into good sleep habits is really important. If you're struggling to sleep, going to see a GP or somebody to go and talk about that is good. Sometimes we sometimes we need some external help to get that sleep back into shape. There is an awful lot of other things you can be doing to improve your sleep hygiene as well. So um, limiting screen time before bed, making sure you've got a nice, cool, dark room, making sure you're not having coffee and stimulants before bed, cutting out alcohol. Sorry, folks. Alcohol is one of those things that we're tricked into thinking, I'll have a drink, it helps me sleep. Actually, it has tends to have the opposite effect. So there's quite a lot you can do yourself to improve your quality of sleep before you have to reach for medication or external help. But just know, I think I want to remind you that if you're struggling with your mental health, the external help is there. If you go back to episode seven of the podcast, I had a really great conversation with Dr. Tonya Winchester, and we talked about sleep. And there were lots of tips shared in that episode about how to improve your sleep. So I advise you if sleep is a challenge for you to go back and listen to that. And the last thing, the 12th 
tip here is to get professional help. I've touched on this with seeing doctors if you're struggling with mental health, but I just want to remind you that if you are overwhelmed, if you're feeling stuck, and like I've said, those those two tend to bring with them a lot of complicated, negative, and very draining emotional states. If you are feeling like that, please don't sit on your own with it. Please reach out and get some professional help if you feel you need it. And that might look like, like I've said, going to see a GP, going to see a psychologist. It might look like working with a coach. For me, I had at my point of burnout, I had a coach I was working with, which was hugely valuable for me to have somebody to support me. I was seeing a psychologist as well to talk through kind of this complete emotional breakdown I had had. And I had been to see the doctor as well to to kind of help me. And I went to see a psychiatrist. So there was a whole team of people that were involved in me putting myself back together again and getting back on track so I could move forwards. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to sit and be courageous and power through things on our own. You don't. So please, if you are listening to this and thinking, God, this is really resonating, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and awful, please reach out for help. It's there and it will help you get out of the overwhelm hole quicker and with more ease. So um, I can't understate that enough. If you are listening to this and thinking this is really, this is resonating a lot and you would like to kind of know a bit more about this and hear about some of these tips and strategies in more detail, I have a free online workshop, which is my seven-step formula to getting unstuck. You can find that at emmaobriancoach.com forward slash stuck. I'm also going to put the link in the show notes for you so you can go. It's instant access. It's online. And I go through exactly what I did to get myself out of being overwhelmed, burnt out, and really at the point of quitting my photography business and the steps I took to be able to make the changes I needed to, to ultimately halve my client base, triple my income and free up a load of time and send my life and business on a completely different path. So I highly recommend if you are feeling stuck and you would like some ideas and some help to get out of that to please check out that workshop. And of course, if you would like to reach out, you can pop me an email, emma at emmaobriancoach.com. You can pop me a message on Instagram, which is at Emma O'Brien Coach. I'm here to support you. And if I can help you, I would love to hear from you. So that wraps us up for today's episode. I hope this has been really helpful for you. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, please share with your friends and be sure to leave me a five-star rating and review, especially if you're listening on Pine Apple Podcasts. To find out more about my one-on-one coaching, please visit my website, which is emmaobriancoach.com. And remember, folks, when life gives you lemons, you can always choose another fruit. See you next time.